and Scott. Music with Andy and, Andy. and Scott. And Scott. So, welcome to another episode of Name Two Bands with Andy and Andy. Of course, my name is Andy Brown, and with me as ever, Andy Sanford. My name is Stevie Nicks. (laughs) 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 And joining us once again uh, from Portland, Oregon. Is our good friend Scott Jeffries? How you doing, Scott? Uh, doing all right. Enjoying our uh, our crazy uh, climate change President's Day snowstorm. Yeah, we got one of those too. It was fun. <laughs> it was seventy degrees down here in Georgia yesterday. Damn, that would be nice. <laughs> it was about thirty degrees today with a wind chill probably like five. So yikes definitely much rather be in georgia uh, <laughs> and of course we have scott with us this week uh because we are going to be discussing the flaming lips and pink floyd um, pink floyd man and we aren't going to do too much intro this week um however the last time that scott was on um we played a song from uh his other band and i thought it would be fair to play a track from Gamma Repeater from their new album, GR. The song is called Novocaine, and of course I will be putting a link in the description of where you can find their band camp. And we'll go ahead and play that clip real quick. Life 
was buzzing cold and bright. It flickered and flashed, and then my senses crashed. So they tied me up and strapped me down. They shot me up and shot. So that song uh, definitely fits this episode, I would say. <laughs> yeah, Pretty we've listened to Pink Floyd once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, it's like Space Lounge. <laughs> um, so as I said, we're not going to have uh, too much intro this time, but uh, I did <laughs> real quick. Did either of you guys happen to uh, catch Fergie performing the uh, national anthem at the NBA All-Star Game? Totally unaware that happened. Okay. Yeah. I saw it this morning and it was painful. <laughs> it is awful. I mean, that's a bad song in the first place. Um, but Jesus God, it was awful. So yeah, you should you should check it out, Andy. It's really All right. the thing is she wasn't off key like a lot of the bad anthem singers. She no. hit every note. It was just an it was atrocious just performance. Yeah, it was like scat jazz kind of thing and it just did <laughs> not work at all. <laughs> Um, Maybe if I have the right amount of reefer cigarettes. <laughs> jazz cigarettes? Yeah, some jazz reefer. Uh, uh, we should do. Um, real quick, last week, Andy, you assigned me an album by Monster Magnet entitled Spine of God. And yeah. that's definitely different than most of the metal that I've ever really listened to and it's definitely cool like I kind of the impression I got they're just like uh, these really good musicians who like get together and get like super fucking high um, and then just kind of go to town oh I liked uh, Pill Shovel uh, that's a good opener Medicine is, was really good and I really really liked uh, Black Mastermind um that song That's a good has jam. All kinds of things going on, um, and I liked most of it. Some of it didn't, you know, do all that much for me, but I definitely give it a a solid thumbs up. Although, and this may be surprising um, in light of Dope Smoker, but uh, this one was probably my least favorite of the ones you've recommended to me so far. Although, as I said, I did really like it. And Sounds about course, right. I assigned you uh, Titus Andronicus, the monitor. However, yep. you and did I, not uh, do totally your homework. I totally shirked my duties this week and <laughs> never actually got around to listening to it, so I'm going to need an extension, please, sir. Yeah. The dog ate my review. Yeah, we'll give you another week. Uh, so uh, who do you have for me this week? All right, I'm going to give you a, a, a weird one this week. Okay. I listened to this. Uh, I actually, I would have listened. I should have listened to that Titus on YouTube. I I forgot to bring it to me at w- with me at work, and um, yeah, I didn't even think I could just probably listen to it on YouTube. Oh well, I'll get to it this week for sure. It'll be better in the flat but, uh, anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyhow, I listened to this album at work last night, and uh, it's such a great, amazing, weird album. Uh, I forgot to even ask if you've heard this before, but uh, have you heard? Um, Aphrodite's Child. I 
don't think so. Okay, the album is called 666. Yeah, I definitely haven't heard that. And it's a uh, it's from 1972. It's um are you familiar with Vangelis? Uh-uh. Uh Chariots of Fire theme song? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Vangelis in the early '70s, he had a psychedelic rock band. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and, yeah. So this is a, a psychedelic rock band from Greece, and they put out this album. They put out this album. They recorded it in 1970. It has a similar story to Dope Smoker, actually. This was right. like their magnum opus, and then uh, for some reason it got delayed and it didn't come out, and so they broke up. And then it came out in uh, 1972. And, and it's... Uh, did it stay pretty underground? Or? I mean, it has a, a cult following, for sure. Yeah. You know? It's, um, it's not like some of the deepest underground stuff I get into. But, uh, gotcha. yeah, it's, it's certainly not a, a chart topper. All right, cool. And I'll as usual... Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy that you always send me the flax. That makes it very easy for me. But yeah, um, I'm pretty sure this is going to blow your mind. All right, sweet. It, this is another one that you'll have never have heard anything like this before, but yet it will relate to stuff that you really dig. Cool. Have you heard that one, Scott? I'm sorry, I was texting. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard I'm the, the album? I'm in the green room right now. <laughs> Have you heard the album um, 666 by Aphrodite's Child? No, I have not. All right. So he can't give you any impressions to, to steer you. All right. So this I'll is... listen to it, though, and I'll let you know what I think next time I'm on. Cool. I'll send it to you as well, if you like. <laughs> and actually, I've been wanting to give both of you one, too, so... Uh, could I maybe start a tradition where the guest offers an album for the host sure. to listen to? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Throw it out. So we talked about this in our group chat. Uh, there's a band called the Olivia Tremor Control. Heard and of them, never from, really uh, listened. What's yeah. that? Heard of them, but I've never really listened. I may have weren't heard they, them, uh, but I don't have any recollection. Were they Elephant Six? Yeah. So the Elephant yeah. Six Collective was like Neutral Milk Hotel and... Uh, I don't know. I'm blanking. Who else is in that? Wasn't Av Montreal in that? Uh, right, yes. Yeah. A few other Which bands. I can take in small doses. Animal <laughs> Collective? Is that yeah. similar? Yeah. And so uh, the album Music from the Unrealized Film Script, colon, Dusk at Cubist Castle. Send right. that to me in a message. Uh, very wonderful. That's a good title. Um I'm and not going to type or write all that, so send yeah. it to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I I'll check it out remember. as long as you're not going to be back next week. I'll need a couple weeks to get caught up on all these. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. My contract says I'm not on more than one more per month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remembered you writing that in the group dm and then forgot about it and then when i loaded it up today um i saw that and so i i googled it and uh looked them up on Wikipedia. oh so it's already in the it's in the chat box yeah yeah it was a while ago yeah if you just scroll up it should well, i know up. how to scroll yeah yeah <laughs> you do I'm, I'm real good at scrolling <laughs> scrolling through bullshit that's the top of my resume 
Although you, you did reply to one of my uh, Facebook messages, was it last night or two nights ago? And I was like, Yeah, like what? two days later. <laughs> did I talk about acid jazz? And, and then I scrolled it was like up one and message up. find it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> I couldn't find it. And then uh, I didn't. Get, it took me two days to get that it was a Quincy Jones joke. <laughs> Oops. Uh, you would think right. that Kenny G shooting heroin in his eyeball would have set it off, but you know I just didn't, didn't <laughs> exactly. register. We shouldn't talk about that publicly, though. Um, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> All right, and uh, once again, uh, we are going to be doing uh, the Flaming Lips and Pink Floyd, and we should really get. Right into it because this is going to be very long, obviously. Um, yeah. And as usual, we'll play into it with a clip. <laughs> Thank you. 
So the plan was to uh, head right into those two bands. However, I just remembered that we were planning last time on uh, talking about when you two met each other. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I have vague recollections of that. <laughs> I probably now should refer to the message that I sent you describing it to remember it best. <laughs> yeah, because as I recall, there was a, a little bit of a discrepancy in the, in the okay, stories. Okay, so here's what I remember. I remember, okay... Uh, we need we we were trying to find some place to eat because you weren't sure about eating at the stadium. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that sounds like something I'd do. So, and I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't really go places. You know, I, don't, I live near my city, but I don't know my city. So, I remember at the time, uh, my cousin was married to someone that owned a couple of restaurants, and he had just opened a place downtown. And, um, so I picked you up from the hotel. We went to my band space. We got stoned and then we went back downtown and we were trying to find this restaurant and it was like in a ser- like little square of one way streets and we kind of like drove around in a square like two or three times, <laughs> not being able to figure out which little one way street it was on. And I think there was some construction going on. So, you know, it was kind of, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. And then I think I finally figured out where it was, but I had to, like, park on the side of the road real quick, and you ran in or something. I don't know. But we, we go inside. There's, like, nobody in there and don't see any workers. And then, like, one guy, like, comes, like, down some stairs or from the back and is, like, looking at us like, what the hell are we doing there? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, uh, Eddie told us to come here and eat. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And they're like, had some food. <laughs> And it was just like whatever they happened to still have, and and I think I was like, yeah, you know, we can uh, we can go some, we can figure out someplace else to go or whatever. But I think it ended up being, you know being pretty decent, and and uh, it turned out to be all right. Yeah, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I could see. And why yeah, I do believe I do believe really we left well the rehearsal space with like no water or beverages, and because we were expecting to get right to a restaurant, and since it ended up taking like a half an hour to get it worked out, we're all fucking like suffering from extreme cotton mouth and just kind of <laughs> added to the whole like, you know, h- hilarious slash panic of the situation. Indeed. Yes, I remember many wrong turns and uh, <laughs> con- conceiving the idea of a uh, horror movie about a haunted GPS that's <laughs> taking people to their death. But we made it. We got food. We got drink. We made it to the Braves game. We had a good time at the Braves game. Who I'm trying to remember that there was a player that we were hoping was going to get in for a pinch hit appearance, who was like like a, a, a OTP board legend. I can't remember who Ross it was. Glode. What was it? Was it Glode? Oh yeah, that yeah, Ross Glode. Okay, <laughs> Fine. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, he was on the Phillies, I think, at the time. Is that who we saw? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was the Phillies. I think we saw Halliday. Yeah, I nice. think that's right. Yep. Nice. yep. Don't get fucked up on pain pills and fly airplanes. No, that's not a good idea. Uh, yeah, I don't recommend either. <laughs> I don't <want> to <laughs> yeah, especially not in combination. <laughs> but, but if you got to do one or the, one of them, do one or the other. But don't do both. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Uh, so, I wanted to do these two bands, um, even though. They're not at all, obviously, uh, contemporaries, but they both made really cool, uh, trippy, experimental music that people on drugs like to listen to. They have and, a lot in common, for sure. 
Yeah, and the other thing is that they both had several different iterations of the band that were all pretty different from each other. Very um, distinct, yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, uh, Flaming Lips did a cover album of Dark Side of the Moon and played it in full on for quite a while on tour. Um, so, I guess we'll... Now we're just uh, waiting we'll for uh, Pink Floyd's cover of The Soft Bulletin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of hard, though. I mean, there's, what, two of them left? Yeah. Pink Floyd? Um, there's still three of them. Oh, wait, no, um, there's, three. The yeah, there's, no, there's three. three of them. Yeah, yeah there's three of them. Except two of them will never talk to each other again. Yeah, so. that's yeah, very true. You know, there's yeah, that. Yeah. That um, can be overcome these days with remote recording. That's true. Yeah, just email stuff. Yeah, yeah. they could definitely do that. Um, so I guess we'll start out I with... I don't know. The, Roger uh, seems to be pretty content to just cash in on uh, on the Pink Floyd stuff on tour right now. Well, I mean, Gilmore did it too. His last release was David Gilmore live at Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I don't begrudge either of them that. No, sure. They might as well make money off of it. Um, but I guess we'll start out with uh, the Flaming Lips. and. Uh, well, first we need to pick, like, our initial pick. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's true. Um, so well, so I, I'm really excited about this because last time it was very one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. And uh, I think this time you and, and I are going to have, have some differ- differing opinions. Um, so since you're the guest, uh, Scott, you go ahead and go first, and I know who you're going to pick, but go for it. Well, I do like Flaming Lips a lot, but Pink Floyd is probably a top three band for me. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Same maybe. for me. It's very, very close. Flaming Lips would be top 20 for me, and Pink Floyd would be top 10 for me. Um, I love them both a lot, a lot, a lot, but... Pink Floyd was also my dad's favorite band, so it also connects me uh, to that. And so, if all else was equal, that would push Floyd over the top. So either way, I got to give it to Pink Floyd. I definitely don't like Pink Floyd nearly as much as you guys do. Um, I like them, um, but it's pretty inconsistent for me. And I really like the Flaming Lips, um, and. I guess we'll go into, uh, this is part of why I like the Flaming Lips so much. I, my friend Jessie uh, was supposed to be here. She couldn't make it tonight. Um, and so the reason that I wanted her to be on is because uh, we had a little experience together where we went to go see the Flaming Lips. This is probably six, seven years ago, something like that. Um, and it was. I think I just, it's closer to ten years ago. No, I don't think it was that long ago. If it was um, the Mystics tour, it might have been the Mystics tour, or it might have been like a couple of years after even that. Because I remember that uh, it was when I was going it, through my divorce, and that was about six, seven years ago. So, in any case, um, it was out this way. outdoor uh, event in Boise, and I remember I had just got went and got a beer, and then went and sat down, and we were just hanging out, just waiting for the show to start, you know. Um, and this dude, like, dressed in all black, um, with, like, marijuana leaves patches on a, his shirt, um, he had, like, really long hair, he comes up to us and he's like, so you guys excited about se- seeing the lips? And we're like, yeah, of course, fuck yeah. Um, and he's like, well, I work for him. You guys want to wear costumes and dance on stage? I'm like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, 
So they all herd us off uh, in this line, and then we go backstage, and we're just all kind of hanging out, um, and then we get all dressed up in uh, Wizard of Oz costumes, and then we go stand in a line, and Wayne Coyne comes out, and he just sits there and chats with us for about, like, 40 minutes. Um, he let us in a game of telephone. Um, he went through and talked to each of us, like, for just a minute individually. And one of the girls there was like, uh, hey, did you see the uh, message that I posted on, like, some, like, Flaming Lips message board or something? And he's like, no. And then he, like, walks away, comes back, like, five minutes later and, like, repeats her message back to her. So, um, and then, of course, yeah, like, we go out on stage and it's, of course, you know, if you've ever been to a Flaming Lips show, it's fucking insane. Um, I've been to many. Yeah. So it was nuts. Um, it was the craziest show I've ever seen. Um, and so we got to just dance on stage the whole time. It was Were you on stage great. the whole show? The whole show, yep. Um, and then afterwards, um, they gave us free T-shirts, and Wayne hung out with us. Um, and each of us individually, he took the time to uh, take a picture with us, sign anything we wanted him to sign, um, just talk to us the whole time. Um, somebody came up and asked him if he wanted to come to a party at his friend's house and he was like well i would except uh we're about to leave but it, it sounded like he genuinely meant like yeah actually i really would um so yeah so that was definitely really cool and that uh cemented my what was it like experiencing the audience reaction from that perspective it was nuts it was nuts um like especially you know when he like rolled out in the ball at the beginning yeah, like seeing it from the stage. That's yeah, it's a very different perception. It was really cool. Um, How did it sound on the stage? Very loud. <laughs> but I mean, could you hear like was it a decent mix of the instruments? Could you hear it easily, or is it more like based on where yeah, you're on stage, hear you're hearing that instrument? No, we could we could hear it all decently. Um, gotcha. So yeah, it was cool. Um, in fact, that's I would say that's the best way to experience a concert. <laughs> if you get to be well, I know you definitely band, like it, you feel more like you're kind of a part of the performance, and that would. Be, but do you feel like you missed any part of you know not seeing the show from the audience perspective, which it's put on for? You know, um, not really, um, because like all the like uh, like cannon confetti cannons that they send up, and all the balls and all that kind of stuff, like. We could still experience that the same way everybody in the audience did, and it, it sounded fine. Um, in fact, in one respect, I think it kind of even enhanced it a little bit, because nowadays, you know, um, anytime people go to shows, and I certainly would have been tempted to do this too, um, they all whip out their phones and start taking videos, you know, instead of just experiencing yeah. it in the moment. And right. they made us turn over our, our cell phones, so... Um, nice. There was no temptation to do that whatsoever. So, yeah. Well, I know, really you know, cool. if you're if you're on the floor at a Flaming Lips show, it just feels like you're a part of the show and a big party because of all the confetti and the the balloons yeah. and stuff. Anyway, so I imagine it's more just a, a, a heightened version of that being up on the stage. Basically, yeah. Um, my one regret is that I wasn't tripping, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I had no way to know that I was. I don't know. I think I'd want to be. I'd want to be pretty present for that. You know. Yeah, maybe. 
It was really cool. So I'm uh, pretty sure way. that I saw the uh, debut of the uh, Wayne Coins bubble. Really? Uh, I w- they played Coachella in 2004 when Radiohead headlined, tying this back to our last podcast. Indeed. And well before their set, he came out and, he, and before the whole thing started, he said, I had a dream that I descended on the crowd in a bubble from outer space. <laughs> and I wanted to recreate that. And so he got this bubble and walked out over the crowd and and stuff and and he spent a while walking around the crowd and there was a lot of like between song shenanigans and stuff and i think they maybe played four songs if i remember correctly 45 and minutes there were four really good songs though yeah is that the only time you saw him uh no i've seen him a bunch right on it's a great one, show one there's, time there's i still, didn't see them was when they played shows. a free show at the waterfront here in portland Oh, that and sucks. there was no way that I was going to battle my way through that crowd, so I passed up that opportunity. I actually I did oh, I a free flaming lip show at the uh, at the Olympic Park here in Atlanta. It was outdoors, so it was it was worth the hassle. Yeah, it's um, it gets kind of congested there when you got big crowds, and I'm you know I'm not a big crowd kind of guy. I've uh, seen with them, you. God, four or five times. So, meh. <laughs> yeah. And I, I saw them last year. They're, they're still putting on a good show. And I oh, I'm really sure like, they always We'll will. get into the albums, but, yeah, they're still putting on a good, good yeah, show. Yeah, I'm sure they always will do a good show. Um, and, of course, their first uh, incarnation, um, kind of to give people an idea if they haven't heard it, um, one of the kind of like B-sides and rarities compilation albums from that period is called uh, Finally the Punks Are Taking Acid. Um, yeah. so like, that's kind of a little idea of what they sounded like back then. Um, and it's pretty raw. They were, they were, they were yeah. big into, uh, butthole servers, obviously coming from that same yeah, area. Definitely. So that's pretty. Well, and their, yeah, their guitar player at that time, um, was the guitar player for Mercury Rev. Um, oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. And yeah. Some have accused them of stealing butthole surfers live show. <laughs> I Which think they, the they, got, they got some ideas. <laughs> Um, and so their first three albums, they were released on, uh, Enigma Brothers Records, and I have to say, I'm not really that much of a fan of them. Um, you can definitely hear, like, the germs of a good band in there, um, and yeah. they had some cool ideas, like what they did with, uh, tape loops and effects, um, but I don't really listen to any of those very much. Um, I guess In a Priest-Driven Ambulance is probably, I would say. My favorite out of those three. Well, that's their that's their fourth. Priest was their fourth, and that's kind of where they start start kind of finding their flaming lip stuff, you know. Wasn't Hit to Death and the Future Head their fourth one? Uh, yeah, here it is. Oh my God, telepathic surgery in a priest driven ambulance, and then Hit to Death and the Future Head. Okay, all right. So that was one off, but you just hit missing to one death and the, Hit to Death and the Future Head. That was, of course, their um, debut with Warner Brothers. Um, yeah. sa- same lineup, um, but it obviously had a much cleaner sound, um, much more. Once, once, out uh, ideas, once Droz joined, that's when they really started finding their sound. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get there. Um, well, he was already there. He was there. I don't know. No, I don't think he was on Hit to Death in the Future Head. Yeah, Wikipedia he's on, he's on Or did he join for Transmissions? Yeah, it was Transmissions. Okay. Um, 
But I, I like Hit to Death in the Future Head a lot. Um, uh, like talking about the smile and death born, immortality blues, yeah. hit me oh, like the album. first time, felt good to burn, um, frogs, Halloween on the Barbary Coast. Um, and that was basically... Magician versus the headache. Yeah, yeah, that one's cool. Um, so that was basically their uh, first incarnation. Um, you guys have any other thoughts you want to add on that or before we move to the next one? Yeah, there's you know there's stuff I like from that period. I think uh, Oh My God, their second album has some really good stuff on it. Um, I really like One Million Billionth of a Million of a yeah. Millisecond. Et cetera, yeah, that's et a good tune. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good song. Uh, it's about nine minutes long. You know, I like a nice nine minute long song. So. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> or Love Your Brain 25. is a really nice song. Last the last song on that album. And I guess we'll move on to the second incarnation. Um, yeah, Droz, Droz joined in 91. He was on Hit to Death. Okay, Wikipedia lied to me then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, their, their drummer left, um, citing creative difference, differences. Um, I think the best, the best overview of that Droz. whole early Lips period is that, that DVD documenting the Fearless Freaks. It really goes, it, it goes yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, yeah. I was definitely going to mention that a little later, but yeah. I guess we might as well mention it now. And that goes... It definitely, it covers all this stuff, you know, real good yeah, if goes, you're in, interested in it. goes all the way up through At War with the Mystics, I think. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really good, really informative. Um, and they're, like I said, their drummer left, um, Droz replaced him, and Jonathan Donahue was his name. That was their original guitarist, and he left to focus just on Mercury Rev. And yeah. he was replaced by Ronald Jones, and Ronald Jones. those were two really good hires um, because yeah. Ronald Jones is a fucking amazing guitarist um, who is also a production whiz and like just super creative. And yeah. Drozd, of course, played drums at first, and of course later branched out well beyond that and of course well well he was we'll he was already doing more stuff um, on the recording yeah, type stuff but yeah, but, yeah he was still mainly yeah, the drummer for sure yeah and eventually he stopped playing drums at all um and of course their first album from that period was transmissions from the satellite heart and that had a kind of post nirvana novelty hit uh called she don't use jelly um and that got them some real money um, that album sold a few thousand copies. Eventually, sold three hundred thousand copies. Um, it's so weird how much I couldn't stand that song at the time, and how much I love it once I got the Flaming Lips. Yeah, same, same. You know, it's I, also I one of those like songs it that it's like their big hit, but it's as far from the rest of their music as it could possibly be, and that's probably oh, yeah. why it was such a big hit. Yeah. And then that that album also had uh, like. Some other really good songs. I like uh, "Be My Head," um, "When You're 22. That whole album's in great. Particular, yeah, it's really good. It's a really good album. Um, but the real highlight of this period, and this period is only two albums long, um, but was "Clouds Taste Metallic," and that's I would say pretty easily my favorite Flaming Lips album. Um, Mine too. It's got a really Same. heavy sound, and it's also really psychedelic and. The tunes are catchy. I mean, in fact, I think uh, Psychiatric Explorations of the Fetus with Needles is maybe my favorite lip song, period. Um, and it has cowbell tunes, and that's cool. Um, 
But, I mean, Abandoned Hospital Ship, Kim's Watermelon Gun, Lightning Strikes the Postman, Bad Days, They Punctured My Yoke. I mean, on, oh, that on, on. That album's perfect from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a misstep. I the remember, only song uh, on there that I don't like, and I actually really hate it, is This Here Giraffe. Really? I like that eh, one. I like that song. That's a goofy, yeah, that's a like goofy little song. The lyrics just... The, the, just the, the refrain drives me crazy. It's, yeah, it, it, the lyrics are dumb, but I mean, it's a good tune. <laughs> my buddy, it, this, my uh, this is just one of those like. Go ahead. Oh, you, you can finish your thought. All right, uh, this is just one of those. So I don't know. One of those things where like, I don't know why I think this, but it just reminds me of a fish song, and fish is like pretty easily my most hated band of all time. <laughs> And maybe just because it's like a nonsense song about animals or something. I don't know what it is, but it just it just bugs the shit out of me, and I don't like it. Well, oh, I that, agree that with doesn't, you about that fish. doesn't even come close to bad fish level. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I make that association. I don't know what it is about that that just reminds me of fish, but for some reason. Fish is pretty <clears> terrible. <throat> um, I really would have liked to, because, I, I mean, I've seen clips on YouTube, um, but I would have oh, loved, loved to have seen, seen that band live. live. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. There's some great live recordings. Yeah, there are. There are definitely like that. that, uh, They did that box set for Clouds Taste Metallic a couple years ago. It's got a got a really nice live one. Yeah, you sent that to me. I haven't. I didn't get a chance to check it out this week. Although I definitely will. um, Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. So my my buddy uh, my buddy Jeff, who I'm actually been recording with this month, we've been friends a long time. He was like, he's like, he's like, whatever you think about the Flaming Lips, just forget everything you think about the Flaming Lips. And we got stoned and we listened to Clouds Taste Metallic, and I was hooked from first listen for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't even get into the Flaming Lips besides, of course, hearing uh, "She Don't Use Jelly" when I was in high school. Um, that was basically all I knew of, about them until it was all the way up until uh, Yoshimi battles. Pink Robots, and uh, good old JML turned me onto that one. So yeah. thankful to him. I, I, yeah, I was I was on board right from Clouds, so got to you know experience yeah, Zyrica cool. as it happened, and and saw him on the Soft Bulletin tour and all that stuff. So JML it was, was cool. also the uh, source of the Ross Glode meme. So <laughs> yeah, it's two JML references JML. this episode. I met him. What's up, John Lynch? Uh, yeah, I stayed at his house. Ooh, <laughs> interesting. <coughs> In the guest room. Sure. Did you did you uh, smash a chair over his head or drink milkshakes with him? <laughs> Simultaneously. <laughs> uh, and so, so of course, have any? Uh, so are we done with clouds yet? Have any of y'all done Zyrica the proper way? Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Hold, well, that's next. So that's what I was about to ask. <laughs> yeah, hold on just a second. Um, okay, okay. I'll slow down. All right. So, of course, after that, um, Ronald Jones quit the band um, for reasons that are still somewhat mysterious. Um, there's rumors that he didn't like it, that Drozd was addicted to heroin. Um, kind of the way Wayne Coyne tells it is that um, they were kind of starting to get a little bit bigger and he just wasn't into that um but for whatever reason um 
he quit the band and has never resurfaced, which is pretty shitty because he's an amazing musician. And so they were kind of rudderless for a minute. And they did the parking lot experiments where they got a bunch of different people together and they'd give them tape recorders. And then Wayne Coyne would kind of point to different people to play different uh, sections of uh, um, tape. It would kind of make, just make for like an experimental weird little thing. And of course that led to Zyreka, um, as Andy alluded to, which is a single album composed of four CDs that are meant to be played simultaneously. At the same time. Um, yeah. I have not done it with four different uh, um, like speaker systems, um, but I have played all four simultaneously, um, thanks to the wonders Just of modern technology. Loading up the computers. audio files. Yep. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same, yeah. Scott, so, uh, have you done it? I have not. I have, uh, I've only heard the, uh, the mix down. I've done it like three times, and it's uh, it's quite a memorable experience. I mean, it's like uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. You gotta have at least two people to do it. Yeah, you'd have to. And don't you have to reset it every single track? Each song, yeah, yeah. each song you want to reset it because there'll be just a slightly different rate. Yeah, as it yeah. They've they yeah. they they figured out by he accidentally discovered he was listening to uh, I think it was she don't use jelly CD single playing on two different CD players stereos at the same time and noticed that they kind of got off from each other a little bit and then started like messing around with CD players and just, you know, learned that no two play in exact perfect sync every time, you know? So that was kind of part of the idea of trying to make Zyrica. It's a, it's a cool album too. Um, even just listening to, um, the four of them through just normal speakers at the same time. It, it's a cool album. Um, yeah. Oh, the big old wanna... bug is the new baby now. Yeah, <laughs> that's a funny song. Uh, <laughs> and of course, then after that, they put out uh, the soft bulletin. That was a critical and somewhat uh, commercial breakthrough, and it's also uh, the fucking bomb. Um, yeah, great album. Their, their second best, in my opinion. Um, it's got catchy melodies, um, some really awesome and intricate uh, Droz beats. Um, well, that was when they, they let Droz pretty much just kind of take over the music yeah, and were yeah, like, just, just go, do your thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and he did all sorts of creative production. Um, and the lyrics, they're, they're really weird and philosophical, and if you stop and think about them, they don't make any sense at all, but um, they're still yeah. kind of cool. Um, Typical Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> pretty Wayne, but I mean it's it's a great album. Um, and then I'd say the the next one in the this period, soft soft bulletin was the first album I ever heard in in uh, surround sound, uh, which was uh, you know it's kind of oh, the nice. Zyreka was kind of like a early uh, you know homemade version of surround sound yeah. with stuff coming at you from you know all around the room. Uh, but Soft Bulletin was the first uh, album I heard in like proper s- surround sound mix on a nice surround sound system, and that blew my mind as well. Yeah, it sounds pretty great. Yeah, that probably would be one of the first ones I heard too, because I've had a um, computer surround sound systems for right about the time that came out. Um, so probably the f- two of the first couple albums that I listened to in real surround sound were uh, Soft Bulletin and. Uh, Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robots. 
I remember I listened to Yoshimi and Surround Sound on um, Mushrooms one night, and I, I oh, chased nice. Do You Realize around the room. <laughs> because the mix, it just, like, starts going around in a circle, and I, like, started to, like, walk, you yeah. know, walk around yeah. the room following the mix. <laughs> Yeah, and of course that was uh, their second and I would say uh, final album in this period. Um, well, I guess third if you can't say Rika. Um, and it's pretty similar. Um, uses probably more computer manipulation. Um, and of course, uh, Do You Realize was a massive uh, commercial hit. And they yeah. made a whole lot of money from that. I'm sure they're still making a lot of money from that. Um, and it, it also it's a extremely good album, extremely good. Um, so thoughts on this period, Scott? Yeah, it's good. I um I like it, but it's a little more slick. It's kind of uh, kind of mirroring Pink Floyd. Uh, not to jump ahead, but it's you know it's kind of well, like they when do they got each to other, their dark sure. side period where yeah. the production was a lot stronger and slicker, and the songs were poppier for better or worse. Um, I like "Are You a Hypnotist?" That's yeah, that's maybe great. My favorite song they've ever done. That's great. Um, I, I prefer <laughs> "Soft Bullet" into Yoshimi. Yoshimi, I think, was the one that really made him huge. Yeah, it definitely was. Stolen from uh, Cat Stevens. Yep. <laughs> sure was. <laughs> Which is funny because at various points Wayne has either denied it or copped to it. So. So uh, he's copped to it and paid him now at this point. Oh, yeah, he had to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as we as we said, uh, Fearless Freaks covers everything uh, up through uh, this. And it's Why, really uh, now, Mystics is next. How, how, that's, I, I still consider that a part of the same era, really. Why, why do you consider there to be a chance? Because after Mystics, things be... change a lot. Yeah. But I Mystics was still kind of along that same same path. Sort of. Sort of. I guess it's debatable. Um, I can see a case that it would fit in with that grouping. Um, on the other hand, they kind of um, dropped all the, like, kind of melodic, poppy kind of stuff, and it was more, like, stripped back down to basics. Um, there weren't nearly as many, like, uh, computer effects on it. Um which to me made it kind of more similar to their next two albums. Um, but yeah, I could see an argument that it belonged in that group. Um, and I don't really like that album that much. I know you don't like it. I think, I think it's really good, but <laughs> I like the, yeah, I, just, yeah, yeah. I just consider it along the same kind of uh, direction, you know, just a little, cause you got stuff like free radicals and vein of stars that, that harkens back to the last couple of albums. And then it's just, it's kind of more, it's like more guitar. It's same same direction, but more guitar. Yeah, I guess so. Free Radicals is a good song. Um, what did you think about Couldn't, that one, Scott? Pompeii von Gondet or Goddardamerung. That's like one of their best songs ever. A total Pink Floyd ripoff, but it's awesome. Yeah, I don't agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a solid album. The Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song. And I like Mr. Ambulance Driver. That's the Wand, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. Song. The Wand's all right. And then they also... Uh, the Wizard they Turns also did, On. Uh, for this album, or as a bonus track, they had uh, bo- their version of Bohemian Rhapsody. And that was cool. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe uh, maybe I should go back and revisit it 
because at the time I was kind of expecting something along the more along the lines of Soft Bulletin and Yoshimi, and yeah. it just didn't really hit with me. Um, I I unless I unless uh, Droz has a full-on relapse, I don't think they're ever going to quite get back to that point. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um, and after that, uh, they kind of... I don't know, they released all kinds of different stuff um, that covered all kinds of ground. That's when they put out like their uh, um, Dark Side of the Moon cover. Um, they kept touring. Um, and the last two albums that they've officially released um, were Embryonic and The Terror, and those were very heavy um, and pretty dark. Um, I like Embryonic, but not really The Terror. Yeah, I would say... I, I would agree with that completely. Um, the terror. Embryonic's got some cool krautrock influences, and and like uh, silver. What was it? Silver colored hex. So, silver something hex. Or yeah, convinced of the. I don't really can't remember. Cool convinced of the hex. Yeah, that, yeah that's convinced the one. Convinced of the hex. And yeah. there's something silver that's something. The terror. Yeah, I like I like embryonic well enough. Terror. I think silver I've trembling hands. Three or four times. Yeah, I terror is a to tough it. listen. I listen to the terror but every time once. I've been in the mood for it. It's like okay, it's you know midnight. I'm you know I'm tired. I'm in a you know I'm in I'm in the right mood for it, and it it can be good if but you know you have to be feeling really spaced out and uh, kind of not yourself. I like the first song on that album, but then it just kind of like I'm done with it. Yeah, I've listened to it once ever <laughs> and in fact after that <laughs> i haven't listened to any new flaming lips material period since then um so one thing i like if you guys that they did with the terror is that, the, the <laughs> digital release they gave you the full album as one track because it all like plays together and then they gave you all the tracks separate that were like had fade so you could use them for your sh shuffles and stuff and i thought that, so that was cool beyond that i haven't listened to any thing that Flaming Lips have released, so if you guys have anything else you want to talk about, then <laughs> go for it. I gave uh, I gave Oxy Melody a try, and there's a couple... It, the songs that they played live when I saw them, they worked a lot better live than they did on the album. It's just a little bit too heavy on the electronica, which you, you, you might dig it if you checked it out. I mean, it was kind of their attempt to go back to the Yoshimi era kind of thing, but just didn't quite work for me. How about you, Scott? I have to say that he's just kind of, uh, he's in that hanging out with Miley Cyrus phase. Oh, now, yeah, yeah. I was being <laughs> I don't know. He's, yeah. he's kind of become a douchebag, hasn't he? That Beatles stuff Not they kinda. did was cool with Miley. Not kind of become a douchebag. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um, yeah, he broke up with his wife. And this wife. is another way that ties our two bands together, too. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed, it does. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he broke up with his wife, uh, immediately started dating a 20-something groupie, um, started doing a bunch of coke and X, which is actually really out of character, because despite... Like, right, the he never really image, did a lot of drugs. Yeah, he never really and did I don't know about all this. And I don't know about all this current drug talk. I don't know if that's, that's accurate or not. He's talked about it in interviews. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't trust that he's being accurate about himself. I don't know. He's kind of acting I th like I th somebody I think it might be performance art. I don't know, man. Yeah, I saw. No, I, I actually saw him. I had a personal encounter with him at uh, at George Herbert Walker Bush International Airport in Houston, Texas. I was. Uh, I had a layover there, and I'm 
walking through the many miles of hallways in that airport. That's the biggest airport I've ever been in. And uh, some guy goes walking by me just covered in, in glitter. And <laughs> I kind of looked like Wayne Coyne. And of course and, uh, it was Wayne like, huh. And so I'm kind of, you know, so I'm kind of walking and walking and walking. And uh, I tried to uh, take a photograph with the George H.W. Bush statue, which the uh, police officer stationed to guard it did not appreciate in the slightest. I You're just trying to take a picture recommend. of the statue? No, I, I tried to, you know, uh, I tried to put a scarf around the statue. Oh, okay, okay. Coming back from watching my soccer team win the championship in okay, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Gotcha. So I wanted to put I wanted You're to put a team scarf around the statue. Yes, I which get apparently it. Uh, is defacing the statue. It is. And I tried to I tried to reason <laughs> with him. I said it's just, you know, I'm not don't try to reason with the police officer stationed at the Houston International Airport. They don't appreciate it. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. And he's uh, only so got I one continued job, walking so. and then uh, that same glitter covered gray long gray-haired fellow went walking by again with a young lady around his arm and uh i was like hey wayne coin he goes hey how you doing and that was it but you know he was covered in glitter and it was like you know nine or ten in the morning and he probably hadn't slept yet probably not yeah yeah but i mean i do that and without cocaine and ecstasy so yeah <laughs> well and the, the, the miley cyrus thing is really weird i gotta say like they got matching tattoos, and he, like, name drops her in interviews, like, constantly. Like, I don't know. It's strange. It's really strange. It's not a good look. I see it as, as performance art. That's how I take it, so. Well, I it's guess not like that. like when uh, Madonna kissed Britney Spears. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, whatever. It's, a, it's attention, and they're both attention-seeking and, and trying to elevate their careers, and, you know, I get it. Well, I guess that is the most charitable interpretation. I mean, is, so. Wayne's never, you know, like, denied trying to be a megastar. No. And musically, he's never, you know, compromised what he's wanted to do to, to in, in that, you know, in that aim. Yeah, that's true. So if he's sure. going to do some stupid shit like hanging out with Miley Cyrus and being crazy, and, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, helped him achieve his goal. I guess, though. I mean, I, they're kind of <laughs> culturally irrelevant at this point, I think. Not totally irrelevant, but, I mean, I think they were in more of the zeitgeist 10 years ago than they are now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it could definitely be viewed as desperate attempts to hang on to whatever fame we've got left. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's a mystery. <laughs> but it's not like they're writing. I think they like, just like to do drugs together. So. It's not. Yeah, it's not like I, they're I writing like shitty mainstream yeah. pop, trying to you know sell millions of copies of albums or anything. That's true. They did not go the full Metallica. They're just doing Beatles covers on David Letterman or whatever the nighttime shows are now. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have any. Uh, um, I don't begrudge them at all what they're doing musically. Um, whatever it is they're up to musically these days, as I said, I haven't. Then there was that whole headdress um, flap. Yeah, that was that was yeah. weird, and also not. And it wasn't look. so much the initial act; it was more his response, response to, to it, it yeah. which is always when these guys get in trouble, right? It's yeah. like just learn how to, you know, apologize and move on. Yeah, and, and kind of doubled down, and that made him seem like a dick and. Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of one of those guys where it's like, you know, I still like your music. I don't really listen to you that much anymore because I, 
I mean, A, you know, I've listened to them a lot, and so just kind of naturally have moved on a bit. But Yeah, I'm the same way. So I don't I listen to them a lot currently. Find them. Uh, yeah, I just kind of find him a little uh, a little less tasteful as a person these days. So <laughs> things yeah, changed definitely. for me when they when they fired Cliff because Cliff was very uh, outgoing with the fans and like I was friends with him on Facebook and chatted with him on Flaming Lips message boards and you know the feeling around the band kind of seemed to change when they fired him, which was I think had to do with that head directly as a result of that. Yep. Right. So. Yeah. Right, I've totally forgot about that too. And yeah, that was another thing. Like that is kind of when I detached cool from being like a like daily checking in on what the Flaming Lips are doing, super fan, you know. Yeah, and the way he handled that too, um, because uh, Cliff posted like a long Facebook message about how he was upset, you know, about uh, yeah um, the whole headdress issue and and things. And then he posted a second long message um, where he kind of like tried to make amends a little bit and kind of apologize to Wayne. And Wayne's response to that in the press was to say that he was manipulative and a um, compulsive liar and et cetera, et cetera. And like, it was pretty ugly. Yeah. It was not, not a good look. Um, which makes me think that he probably is doing a shitload of cocaine. Um, but you know what? As a live band, just as a live band, without like playing, because they've always played to a lot of tapes. Which I was, you know, I saw them on the Soft Bulletin tour where that was the whole show was Stephen Droz playing to tapes yeah. and Wayne Coyne banging on a gong. You know, yeah. but uh, the last time I saw them last year, they had like seven people on stage and they're pretty much doing everything live. And as a live band, they they really are. As far if it's just music and nothing else, they're better than they've ever been. Yeah, and I, they'll. They'll be a great live band until the end of time. I think um, they put a whole lot of effort into that. So, any but I think Wayne Wayne Wayne's still kind of stuck in that that idea of any press is good press, and any time my name is in the headlines, it's a good thing and is going to help my career no matter what it's for. And you know, I think we're all learning that that's not really a, a, the best thing anymore. But <laughs> some people that was a very popular thing mindset for a very long time. I think he's still kind of stuck in that. Yeah, uh, a certain politician in our country uh, that <laughs> uh, Any final thoughts before we uh, move on to Pink Floyd? I think I've said my piece. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the lips, but I don't listen to them as much as I used to. There's things that I love more now, and, and, and I did have that kind of that disconnect when, when Cliff left, but I, I saw him live recently, and they're still fucking amazing, and... I'll always love those albums that I love. Then nothing's going to change that. And uh, yeah, for sure. You know, but well, they're not quite Pink forever. Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of which. Where's that joint?